Hello everyone, I'm John Corrigan and today I'm joined once again by the fine folks at BAMCO, Senior Vice President of Strategic Partnerships Joshua White and Vice President of Operations Max Lavavi. Gentlemen, thanks for coming back. How are you? We're Thank good. you for having us, John. So we last talked in March about uh, really when the tariff talk was purely speculation, purely conjecture, and now, uh, especially as of this morning, we're officially in round three of the trade war between the U.S. and China, and President Trump has now imposed tariffs on nearly half of the Chinese goods imported to the U.S. Uh, you know, just to start things off here, are you, I mean, is this what you guys thought would happen? Are you surprised that we've actually gone to round three? Gosh. So, um, <laughs> yeah, Max, why don't you take this one? Because uh, the prediction business is not an easy one yeah. think, uh, in this world. So, this is, John, thank you for having me, first of all. Second of all, this is exactly what I – no, this is not exactly what I predicted. <laughs> um, <laughs> to, be, uh, to be quite honest, um, I, you know, I was a little bit skeptical that it would get to this, uh, to this point. Um, you know, I, like a lot of other people, um, uh, thought that there was a lot of uh, saber-rattling in order to have some kind of political, um, some political gain for the U.S., for the Trump administration, etc., to be able to take to the public and say, look what I'm doing for the people, look how I'm living up to my populist message, look, you know, look how um, the trade deficit, you know, has been uh, improved, there was some kind of work agreement with China. Um, I did not expect it to get this far at the same time with a lot of things that relate to the Trump administration. I... Uh, wasn't too uh, wasn't too confident in my opinion, and knew that uh, crystal ball guess was was not the best way to go. Yeah, Max, you've always been very uh, hesitant to to go on the record with any predictions about this stuff. I mean, going back six nine months, you you, you were cautioning me not to say too much and get out ahead over my skis. And uh, you know, I think my expectations were similar to yours that this would all be resolved with some sort of Pyrrhic victory for domestic political consumption, and it was just a question of how far down the path of negotiation we would need to go in order to uh, to get those Pyrrhic victories. Obviously, we're not there yet. Um, I, think, I think the Chinese have dug in their heels probably more than we might have expected. Um, but yeah, I mean, now that, now that the genie's out of the bottle, I, I expect this to continue to roll on. Um, until something happens, right? And it's hard to say what something is. It's something that, you know, each side, but, but I think in particular the Trump administration can take back to, you know, the, that big rally in Des Moines, you know, Des Moines, Iowa, and say, hey, this is, you know, we fought and we sacrificed and we believed, and everyone said you couldn't get it done, and, and everyone said it was pointless, but, but we, we stood through the fight and, and we got this win for you because we care about American workers. Um, I think that's where this ends, but how many steps we go through before we get to that point, I think that's anyone's guess. And not to veer too off topic, um, but, you know, this has been seen quite a number of times with the Trump administration with um, with kind of uh, premature celebrations on the Rose Garden for different legislation, with photo ops with uh, North Korea and a bunch of other different, um, a bunch of different uh, uh, items for public consumption that don't actually move the ball, um, move the ball in legal terms. But this is actually a scenario where, you know, for better or worse, the Trump administration is uh, doing what the uh, what the campaign said it would do. Well, you know, yeah, and, and if if I can go ahead, uh, go ahead, John. Oh, Rob, I was just going to say, you know, we're talking about next steps, and uh, really, you know, the next step that we're all waiting for is President Trump vowed 
to impose uh, an additional $256 billion um, a tariff on that for Chinese goods. And that would be all Chinese imports then coming into the U.S. would be taxed. And, and, if, and if that happens, it's, it's a full-blown trade war. And I wanted to know what you guys thought, uh, I mean, what kind of impact that would have on, on our industry. Sure. Let's, let's take a step back and go through the sequence of events. So today is September 24th. Um, the administration uh, launched $200 billion in tariffs on uh, a bunch of goods. There's, there's finished products this time, uh, apparel, uh, bags, printed packaging, and then a bunch of other stuff, a bunch of consumer goods. That's on top of $34 billion that happened in July, I think July 6th, and another $2.4 billion on steel and aluminum, which are sort of um, irrelevant in the grand scheme of things. Now they've, they've, they've announced this latest round of tariffs. When they made that announcement, they said, hey, China, letting you know right now, do not retaliate. If you do retaliate, we're going to respond with $267 billion, I believe, uh, in the remaining amount open that is untariffed. Uh, additionally, these $200 billion tariffs that were announced or that were put into effect today uh, come down at a rate of 10% on those goods, but there's a poison pill provision in them so that um, if the trade conflict is not resolved, if there's no negotiated resolution by December 31st of this year, then on January 1st, those rates jump to 25%. They already have one sort of uh, stick hanging out there, um, and then the threat of the $267 billion is the second one. Um, so what happened was the Chinese responded with $60 billion in, in retaliatory tariffs. Obviously, they couldn't do $200 billion in reciprocal tariffs because they don't have $200 billion in uh, imports in the U.S. The total value of U.S. imports into China last year was about $130 billion. So they went uh, significantly less, and we'll see. I mean, I think everyone, you know, I think Max would, 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 would echo this, that we don't really know what that means. We don't know if that means that the Trump administration is going to go back with full $267 billion or some other number. Um, we don't know if that $50 billion is like, okay, it's a little bit. It's not the full amount. So, uh, I don't know. We'll see. Yeah, so, uh, really quickly, as it pertains to the, uh, to the industry, um, where we are right now uh, is, to be honest, you know, up until, up until the imposition of these uh, most recent uh, tariffs, the, you know, the ASI and promotional items industry has been a little bit shielded from the impact of the trade war. Um, I believe in the initial, uh, the initial um, $34 billion, there was only about one uh, tariff, there was only about 1% of it that was on consumer, consumer products. That's really the staple of uh, promotional items. Um, most of it was, um, you know, industrial machinery, things like that, and intermediate products, which have kind of a lagging impact, but not the direct impact of having, um, you know, having tariffs on uh, finished consumer products. With, uh, with the new round that started today, um, I believe it's almost 25, almost 25% of it is, uh, uh, almost 25% of it is, uh, is on consumer products. So this is going to have a much uh, bigger impact on the promotional items industry right now. And if the uh, if the next if Trump is true to his word and the administration got these additional um, two hundred I think sixty billion dollars tariffs on that additional two hundred sixty billion dollars that would greatly impact the industry. It would raise costs across the board for anybody importing to China. Um, in the in the near term, yes, I mean, in, uh, a lot of clients are probably going to be adjusting their budgets. A lot of suppliers are going to have to try to diversify 
um, the supply stream uh, pretty quickly, and any prudent supplier would be actually looking into that right now. And even if that next round of tariffs, tariffs does not go through, if we get to January 1st, and these 10% tariffs jump up to 25%, uh, that's going to significantly impact the industry in a really negative way as well. And I think the thing that, that we all as an industry, as a collective industry, need to keep in mind is that um, we're competing for really hard, hard-fought advertising dollars, right? We're competing against print and television and radio and digital and everything else that people spend money on to advertise. And if you increase the cost for for advertising using promotional products by 25%, that makes us less cost makes us less cost competitive than the other stuff out there. I mean, I, w- I would argue that the ROI on promo is still going to be a lot better than other mediums, but it's it's less competitive than it was prior to tariffs. You know, if we, you know, let's let's right now just not even think about. Uh... You know, Trump promised uh, to really tax all Chinese imports. Let, let's say that doesn't happen. Uh, when do you guys think, with the tariffs that we know right now, when do you think suppliers, distributors, and end users they'll start feeling the effects? About so, nine o'clock this morning. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, we, we've seen some suppliers come out and say that they're not going to be they're not going to be passing along any uh, any additional costs. Um, yeah, you know, resulting from the tariffs until uh, beginning of 2019. Um, I've seen that a couple times, but to be honest, I think it's fairly immediate. Products hitting the port now are going to be uh, subject to these tariffs. Um, it's only 10% right now, which, you know, still with the margins in this industry, is not something that everybody can uh, can absorb, and those are probably pretty immediately going to be passed along. Um, so, I mean, Josh kind of said it tongue-in-cheek, but it's pretty. It's pretty immediate that these impacts are going to be that these impacts are going to be felt. Obviously, starting at the beginning of next year, when um, when that uh, when that twenty five percent provision uh, takes effect, that will have a much much bigger impact than the ten percent that we're currently uh, that we're currently subject to. Yeah, but I think that ten percent you're going to feel that. I mean, people should start seeing that this week. Um, there's no reason not to. So you know, I wouldn't I wouldn't sit around and wait for twenty five percent to to start hitting your bottom line before you, you make adjustments. What, uh, I, don't, I don't know if, if you guys are, are up to it, but what advice would you give to these promo companies uh, you know, for making these adjustments? What can people do to try and combat these inevitable price increases? Yeah, well, there's, a, well, there's a bunch of things you can do. Um, Max, I'm going to step on you here and, and, and steal this one. So, um, <laughs> as I'm wanted to do. Um, so, A, you can sell products that aren't on the list, right? So there's still, you know, at least for the time being, uh, a number of categories of products that will not be subject to tariffs. That's a pretty quick and easy answer. Um, Number two is to diversify your supply chain, right? You don't necessarily need to get every manufactured good from China. Max can speak to the other alternative places more, you know, uh, more confidently than I can, but there are other places that manufacture stuff. You want to go to Vietnam or you want to go to Thailand or Taiwan, um, there are other places to go. You buy stuff that is not from China, or you buy stuff that's not on the tariff list. Congratulations, you've 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 gotten around the tariff issue. What people should not do, and and I can't be um, stronger in in my emphasis here, is not to listen to anyone who tells you to circumvent U.S. customs law. Right? There are going to be there are inevitably going to be factory middlemen and factories and folks in China who say, oh, we can do you know this clever trans shipping thing and. You know, ship it to Taiwan or Malaysia and then relabel the package and send it to the U.S. 
uh, unless you have like a, a, a specific interest in serving a lot of time in a federal jail <laughs> and paying large fines, definitely, definitely do not do that. I know Max and I um, would not do well in the federal penitentiary, um, but that's a you know, that's a twenty year federal prison sentence uh, for false designation of origin. So if anyone hears that, literally, if you hear that from a supplier or a factory that they oh, we can do this, fire that factory immediately. Fire whoever tells you to do that and find a better solution. Yeah, so, I mean, just, just to piggyback on that, on, on the supplier side, you know, supply chain diversification is the number one the number one item that anybody should be looking into. Like Josh mentioned, there's other emerging markets out there where um, suppliers can look to, uh, to uh, you know, for manufacturing. Um, that being said, there are, certain, there are certain areas where China is just head and shoulders above the competition. Um, for example... Uh, consumer electronics, there really isn't an emerging market out there that's remotely competitive with China because of their their infrastructure, machinery, expertise, uh, know-how, everything along those lines. There really isn't a market to replace what China offers. But, um, you, know, you know, with apparel, with uh, with plastics, with a bunch of different other products, there are other markets to, uh, to look at. Um, on the distributor side, I would say, you know, pretty, pretty you know, it seems like a sort of... Uh, Silly comment, but to be honest, they need to, you know, distributors need to stay on top of their suppliers and not expect that they're going to be um, notified of cost changes. They're not going to be necessarily notified of every single development on the costing front, and they need to be on top of that. Um, we've seen some suppliers who are really out there and in the face of their customers, letting them know what changes they can expect to see and when. And some suppliers are a lot more passive, and they're probably going to be passing along cost increases and changes along those lines on kind of an ad hoc uh, basis. And any distributor that just expects that they're going to be notified um, in advance is going to be uh, probably disappointed at some point. My last question for you guys. Do you think that this trade war will lead to a resurgence in made-in-America products? No. Uh, well, I mean, yeah, to, to a small extent, to a small extent, yes. I mean, I, I, I but, 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 you know, in, in that, no. I, I think the Trump administration has even come out and said that they expect a lot of the, uh, a lot of the tariffs to lead to, um, you know, increased production in, uh, in emerging markets like Vietnam. Uh, that's something that, you know, while the, uh, while the, uh, letter of the law is actually living up to Trump's campaign, the spirit, uh, his campaign pledges the, uh, the spirit of the law is actually not really doing what he promised. I don't think that Made in America is something for consumer products like this that we're talking about. I don't think it's something that's actually going to end up uh, moving back to the U.S. Yeah, I mean, I think the, the, the sort of hyper-focus on trade deficits as a measure of anything relevant is bordering on economically illiterate, right? There's, you know, without, without getting over my speech here, um, the, the desire to see a, a shrinking of the trade deficit is, is not particularly relevant to the uh, economic health or well-being of American consumers or the American economy. Um, I think you could see good things come out of this trade war. Um, I'm a little bit more, Max and I have a, a slight disagreement in terms of what the end result looks like and, and um, you know, how well positioned the U.S. is. Um, I think the U.S. has a lot more leverage and a lot less to lose than China does. I think the problem on the China side of the, of the equation here is that once you lose U.S. consumers uh, and they diversify their supply chains, it's going to be hard to get them back, or at least you risk losing some of those customers. The same way any distributor, you lose a customer to someone else, 
They may come back, they might not. Uh, I think that's a significant risk for China. I think they have a lot fewer bullets in the chamber in terms of just the, the disparity in trade. The U.S. imports about $130 billion in goods. China, China, or U.S. exports about 130, and China exports about 506 billion. Um, and so there's just more to, to, to go after there on the U.S. side. And I think some of the things you might see have little to do with the resurgence in American manufacturing. I think that's a, that's, that's a red herring. I just don't think that's going to happen. Um, just because of the cost structure and changes in technology, but you could see something totally unrelated, right? Like, uh, concessions on North Korean diplomacy. I wouldn't be remotely surprised to see a scenario where um, the Trump administration secures significant concessions from Beijing to help at least outwardly move along some sort of peace on the Korean Peninsula, and they use this as a leverage point to get that done. Um, that's a solution that would cost China very little and certainly would look very good for the U.S. and benefit the world um, as a whole, if that's the thing that could get uh, resolved. You could see some movement on the intellectual property and joint venture rules and some of the other stuff that that you know plays into the perception of a uh, of unfair play on the on the China side. I think that's that's unlikely, but no, I don't think you're going to see uh, a resurgence in made in the USA manufacturing. I hope I'm wrong, um, but 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 I believe I'm right. Well, as always, uh, you know I appreciate you guys taking the time to share your expertise and to uh, and to go over this. You know, I mean we've been covering this since it's been going on. You know, like I said, last time we talked was March. Look at all the progress that's been made in, in, a, in a short amount of time. Really, it's only been a few months. Um, but uh, well, I, would, I wouldn't use the word progress, but I, right. <laughs> I right. get where you're coming from, John. Uh, yeah, lots has happened in the last six months, and you know, that, this is the world we live in today, right? It seems like you know every month, every week, it's like six weeks worth of news. Um, and so, yeah, the last six months, a lot have evolved, and I imagine if we check back in in December. Who the heck knows what it's going to look like? Well, I'll pencil you guys in right before Christmas. <laughs> look, Max, Max and I are always eager to be on the <laughs> premier podcast in the entire promotional products industry. So, that, that's what we um, like to hear. You, yeah. All right, fellas. I appreciate the time. Thanks for coming on. Thanks, I right. appreciate Thanks, it. Have a good one. All right. Bye, guys.